Can you hear me? Have I got it right? Turn a bit more, otherwise I'll be undressing you. Yeah? Can you all hear me? Not yet. Oh, not yet. <laughs> Ready? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Bless you guys. Really great to be here. And it's really great to be called back to somewhere. <laughs> like, it's good to be asked to go somewhere once. But when you get called back, you're like, thank you, Jesus. So, <laughs> we bless God. What does the Lord have for us today? Uh-huh. Can I have a keyboard for a second? Young people, amazing. Weren't their voices like pure water? Pure, absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. Absolutely amazing. Bless you guys. Let, let's stand for two seconds. I'm not really going to just... I love the sound that's just produced in here. I love the sound in the atmosphere. I don't know. Do we know Reckless Love? No. Uh, give us a chorus. Do we know Creating Me a Clean Heart? Yeah. Yes. Now I'm hearing Donnie McClurk. I'm hearing two versions. Um, <laughs> As the deer. As the
one more time and I long to worship you. And I long to worship you. I think we need to tell him one more time.
I just feel a well has just been stirred up in this place. I'll be obedient to you, oh God. Na 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 na. And if you can stay with me, I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Ah. Thank you, Lord. You know, I woke up this morning and I was, has anyone ever argued with God? Has anybody ever won? No. But it's good, isn't it? It's good while you're trying. <laughs> but he always wins in the end. He always gets his way. And the word of God tells us that, you know, he sees the end of a thing from the beginning. And that's why he's right. That's why he's right. I feel right until he shows me and he says come let us reason and when he says come let us reason it doesn't mean that we're going to talk him out of stuff so I say that to say that when Mary sent me what was laid on her heart for today I was like no God <laughs> like no I no I didn't even read it I saw the word harvest I'm like no that's not my word I, when I hear the word harvest, I go back to school. I go to harvest festival, and in my head I'm singing, we plough the field and scatter. I mean, those songs were amazing songs. They really were, but I'm not going back to school, Lord. When I hear the word harvest, I think, Back again to when I was a child. Why? Because I remember being taught that when you sow seeds, they grow. <coughs> and you reap what you sow. And as a young person, I sowed some horrible seeds. So I used to say, Lord, crop failure crop failure, <laughs> crop failure all over my life and if you had a mum like mine, she would be so distraught and devastated by how bad I was, she would say I hope when you're kids yeah I mean, I'm ten and she's like I hope when you have kids, they come and treat you just as bad I'm ten so I'm like Crop failure, Lord. Crop failure. I know I'm sowing bad seeds. I know I'm... So it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. You can do it. You're God. The harvest. Why? Another reason. Because when I think of harvest, I think of evangelism. And I'm like, Ugh. call me anything you want, but not an evangelist. <laughs> so... When I get prophetic words over my life, that's like, you're going to be a pastor. And I'm like, yay! <laughs> you're a prophet. Yay! That was like, like a real good word. God said you're an awesome teacher. Yay! Even you're going to start building some things. You're touching a little bit on your apostolic thing. Yay! 
But then when, in the midst of it, someone shouts out, you're not just a prophetic voice as a prophet and as a teacher and as a pastor, but you're also called as an evangelist. <laughs> no way. Because in my mind, goes back to childhood again, I remember people standing on the roadside with a loud megaphone saying, repent, repent. I, I, I mean, remember everybody ignoring them and just walking past. Like, I don't want to be ignored. Like, I like people talking to me and I like talking to people. So I don't want to be shouting outside a train station and everyone looks at me like I'm crazy and I'm handing out tracks and then I'm seeing them all over the floor. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't want that. Don't call me an evangelist. And then I remember again back to my childhood because I really loved the Lord until I was 10. I don't know what happened at 10. Something happened. I don't know, something broke. And in my brokenness, I became rebellious. But before that, I wanted everything that heaven wanted. And I would go to a church as a young child and this was a, a church where there was healings and there were miracles and there were choirs. And when they opened their mouth, I had goose pimples. I was like, I want to sing like that. I want people to be affected by my voice. And then the preacher would preach and get goose pimples. And I'd be like, I want that. That's what I want. And then the minister, she would say, is anybody in here? need prayer for sickness and a deaf boy got up and she prayed and she touched his ears and he was mute and right in front of us his ears popped open and his tongue was loosed I said God I want that I said I want that and I knew I wanted it and they called me and they would pray for me as a young child and say there's something about this child. She's called by God. And so I, I was very aware of who he was. My mom said that when she carried me as a child, she walked past a church and she wasn't a Christian, but she heard audibly that child which you carried. That child that you carry, you're carrying for me to use as a sign and a wonder. And so when she carried me, she came against many obstacles. Three times she slipped in the snow and nearly lost me. Because there was a, a challenge and a fight to ensure my mum was a single parent and she would, sometimes dad was a bit awkward, you know. <laughs> dad, you know, dad didn't turn up when he was supposed to and bring the money when he was supposed to. 
So mum had to put a pot of water on the stove, but there's nothing to put in there. But she trusted God, that type of life. And all of a sudden, someone showed up with a bag of shopping. And I said, I want that. I want that kind of life. I want that kind of faith. We would have no school clothes and a check would come through the post and all of us would be dressed. I said, Lord, I want that kind of life. What I didn't like is when she kept us home from school because the Lord said we had to fast as a family. <laughs> I was like, I like school on that day, like, let me go to school. <laughs> but she knew what we were fasting and praying for. I want that kind of life. Until I was 10 and something broke, I realised everybody else had a dad except me. Like, I had a dad, but he didn't live in my house. Like, other people's dad held their hands and carried them to the school gate and went, Boy, see you at three. My mum didn't even walk us to school, mate. She's like, all three of you, all hands to get to school. So I realised something was different. And I became angry at the world. Definitely didn't want to be an evangelist. <laughs> so, at ten, I was a rebel. At 10, I was angry. At 10, it was me against the world. And then at 13, I went to, this, this stadium's not here, see, I'm, I'm a little bit older, but there was a stadium um, down in White City. Some people might know it. And there was a big, open, revival conference with an evangelist called Louis Palau. Yeah, back in the 80s. You remember, I was 13 years old, 13, and someone took me and he said, you can't unscramble scramble eggs, but God can mend a broken life. And I wet, I'm 13, and I'm convicted. And I went down with the hundreds and hundreds who gave their life to the Lord. And I'm giving my life back to God again. And I'm weeping. I mean, I'm 13, my life's broken. Like, that's big people tears I'm crying, like I've lived a lifetime. But I, I'm hurt. I mean, I'm in pain. But that was evangelism. And it was something that grabbed me and got me. And then I lived life a little more and I didn't like God again because... All my friends went to parties in it. And we went to Sunday school. And we went in a church van as well, so we had to keep ducking. <laughs> like, no, no, this is Nikki. I don't go to church. <laughs> kind of thing, because it's not cool. But when God is drawing you and pulling you, when he's drawing you and pulling you, you can do whatever you want for a while, for a season. For a season just for a season. The weather is in here. It's for a season. A season. Because the word and the, the title he gave me for the message was, the time is now. The time is now. <laughs> and so I did my stuff 
because it felt good. But in the parties, you know you got Christian songs that happen to go in the charts. And all of a sudden you can't dance anymore because God's in there. <laughs> and you're convicted. And there he's speaking to my heart. And again, I say, yes, Lord. I'm a serial, yes, Lord, going backwards again. And every time I'm heaping up a bag of rubbish that he needs to heal me from. And then I have a boyfriend. And he messes me up after a while. And my heart is broken and ruined. Not me. <laughs> and then my mind's messed up. My body's messed up. I can't eat. Because I almost come into agreement with not wanting to live anymore. Something shuts down. I can't eat anymore. I just want him. I just want to be so good for you, but I just want him. Mum saying, want Jesus, but I just want him. <laughs> just want him. And my cousin, she's 18, and we all grew up together, and we all party together, but she loves the Lord. And she's like, Nick, you've got to come to church. I'm like, Gillian, are you crazy? I just want him. She's like, no, you need him. You need him. I didn't have any church clothes because all I did was party. So I had to put my mum's clothes. <laughs> and those times we had church clothes. Church clothes were different. Church clothes were clothes that weren't. <laughs> We're at party clothes. Yeah. And I went to church. Me, and my sister, and my other best friend, who all three of us partied together. <laughs> and they looked at us. I had gold teeth. I had gold chopper eaters. I had gold hair shaved off. Gold <laughs> hair. I'm coming back to the gold hair now. And they looked at us and they knew that we weren't like them. Oh, and I had earrings all up here. And he called us to the front. And we knelt down and we said the sinner's prayer. But nothing happened, nothing changed. Because I did it because they called me down. But I wanted to go back. There was something in here that was actually really pulling me. Something was being stirred up again. But I couldn't tell them what was happening. I wasn't going here. But let's just do this as the spirit leads. And I remember I went back the next day because they had a revival meeting. It was evangelism, wasn't it? <laughs> and I didn't hear anything that was said. But at the end, they sang this song that said, Why Not Tonight? And they kept singing, Why Not Tonight? Why Not Tonight? Why Not Tonight? And I'm like, Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I've got things planned. That's why not tonight. <laughs> but I realized that song wasn't going to stop until I said yes, Lord. Until I said yes. And I walked down and it felt like a long, long walk because I had a lot of stuff to carry. Couldn't see it, but it was all up here and in here. I was messy. And there was a fight going on because I knew that he had called me since down here. Even though I couldn't make sense, 
that I wanted to see people healed and that I wanted to see people mentally well and I wanted to see people's needs met and I wanted to see the captive set free. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. But something was saying, come, come, come. And, and I got there and I, I got there and I said, yay God. And I wept and I wept and I wept. And I said, Lord. And I remember they, they put me in the evangelism team. I'm like, what? <laughs> this whole evangelist thing is real. Like, and we would go on the streets because we were raising money for the church. And um, they would shake a can then. You, you were allowed to do that. You can't do that now. But shaking this can. And I was like, I'm not good at this. But what I'll do, and funny enough, I sang as a deer panther for the water. And as I was singing on Ealing, um, Ealing Road, people would be coming and putting notes in because of my voice. Because God told me I'm going to use your voice. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you in speech. I'm going to use you in song. But now I'm just starting to walk in this thing, not knowing what I'm doing is evangelizing in the unique way that he's called me. And, and, and I'm singing and money's going in. And, and, I, and I'm like, Lord. And I can feel that he really loves me. Because I'm doing what I'm called to do. And it's a way that people say, oh my gosh, your voice. And I say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And now I'm, I'm able to have a conversation about the one who's kept me and looked over me while I wasn't concerned about him. But you know what? I went backwards again. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, really. Uh, it was the last time, though. And... Um, But God, but God, and I remember this time I had a child. Oh, she's here actually. Where are you? She's here. My child. Shiloh? Oh, she's outside. Can you quickly walk over here? Just a second. This is not her child, this is her child, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is Shiloh. Hi, And she's 23. So this was 23 years ago. Yeah? And you can sit down, baby. <laughs> and so I was in church, and there I am. I didn't even know my husband. He was supposed to be here. But he dropped me, but he might have gone to another church. And, um... Two weeks later, I'm having a baby. Like, I don't even. That's where my life was. But God. But God. And what happened? We went to have her bless as a child, to have her christening. And there was something in that place that said, haha, you're home. Like, I didn't invite no one to the christening. Nobody. Didn't even tell the godparents what day it was. Because <laughs> I was so scared that God was going to capture me. Because I was running. I was running. 
But there and then, God said, yay, Nicks. And I said, yay, God. Yay, God. And that year, that same year, that same year, just because we took her to get blessed, I got, we got married. We got married, I got baptized, became worship leader. Everything all happened in that same instant. He, he, he turned some stuff around for me. He started to use me. Um, people would come from the north, the east, the south, and the west and say the call of God is upon you. It would start again like when I was a child. Like something had now been activated. I, I want to... So Mary gave me the scripture, but I, I didn't know she gave me the scripture because I didn't get that far. I got as far as the word harvest. And then the Lord said, speak about the woman at the well. But then Mary sends me a, a text and says, Pastor Nicks, you know what? I've decided, I, I, I've had this tussling with God for the last two days. You do whatever God lays on your heart. She said, you never know, it might well be harvest. <laughs> but just do what God says. So I know God told me to do the woman at the well. And then we were in life group, and I looked at scripture, and I saw the word harvest. I'm like, what? It's in the same chapter. It's in the same chapter. So that's where I want to quickly go. And it's John 4. Thank you, Lord. Yaraman Sundoribosa. Nananae. My God, Jesus. I'm going to read quite a way down because the script that Mayor gave me was um, 35. But I, I want to read from 7 because I want to give you the backdrop to the story. So, if you just wait on me for a moment, this is the scripture that Mary gave me, and it's 35, 435. Do you not say, or do not say, I'm reading from the Amplified, that it is still four months until the harvest comes. Look, I say to you, raise your eyes and look at the fields and see that they are white for harvest. And so here's a woman at the well. And she, her story is from John 4, 7. And here's the backdrop. Then a woman from Samaria came to drink water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone off into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman asked him, how is it that you, being a Jew, asked me a Samaritan woman for a drink? For Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew about God's gift of eternal life and who it is who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead and he would have given you the living water, eternal life. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, no bucket and no rope and the well is deep. 
Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us a well, and who used to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle also? Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up, continually flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not get thirsty, nor have to continually come all the way here to draw. At this Jesus said, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I do not have a husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I do not have a husband, but you've had five husbands. And the man that you're now living with is not your husband. You have said this truthfully. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worship on the mountain, but you, the Jews say that the place where one ought to worship is in Jerusalem at the temple. Jesus replied, woman, believe me, a time is coming when God's kingdom comes, when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not know what you worship. We Jews do know what we worship, for salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming, and it's already here. But a time is coming, and the time is now. But a time is coming, and it's already here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit, from the heart and the inner self and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshippers. God is a spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, the anointed. When that one comes, he will tell us everything. We need to know. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, I'm he, the Messiah. Mm. Jesus then, his disciples came. Just then the disciples came and they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. However, no one said, what are you asking her about? Or why are you even talking to her? Then the woman left her water jar and went into the city and began telling the people, come see a man. A man who told me all things that I have done. Can this be the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One? So the people left the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus to have a meal, saying, Rabbi, teacher, eat. But he told them, I have food to eat. That you do not know about. I have food to eat that you don't know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, to completely finish his work. Do you not say it is still four months until the harvest come? Look, I say to you, raise your eyes and look at the fields and see they are white for harvest. Already the reaper is receiving his wages and he is gathering fruit for eternal life so that he who plants and he who reaps may rejoice together. 
For in this case, the saying is true. One person sows and another reaps, and I sent you to reap, for which you have not worked. Others have worked, and you are privileged to reap the results of their work. Now many Samaritans from the city believed him and trusted him as saviour because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to remain with them, and he stayed there two days. Amen. I'm going to quickly go to another scripture to give context again. And it is just Matthew 9.38. I just want to quickly read it. And it says, I go from 35, and this is really important. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages in Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the gospel, the kingdom, and healing of every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. His words and his works reflecting his messiahship. When he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion and pity for them because they were dispirited and distressed like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is indeed plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. What am I saying? Here is a woman. We know, if we know the backdrop of the story, that where they were in Samaria, it was a hot place. And she went out to get water in late afternoon when the sun was burning. Most people draw water early morning. When I was a kid in Jamaica, I, didn't, I wasn't born in Jamaica, but I went out there for a long while. And we went to the river early in the morning. We went and we drew water early in the morning. But because of her life, maybe there was people she didn't want to meet up with or she didn't want to see. She didn't want to be challenged by how she felt about herself or her situations. She went at a time where she could avoid people's stares and gazes. But here comes Jesus with all knowledge. One with insight, one who moves with compassion. He is the fivefold. He is the apostle. He is the teacher. He is the prophet. He is the evangelist. He is the teacher. He's the pastor. He's all. And he meets her. This lady who's obviously broken. And, and she, she offers him a drink. He, he talks to her. She's shocked. Like, nobody talks to me. Like, and, and you're, you're a Jew. You, you shouldn't even be talking to me. But when it comes to Jesus, there, there is no race, there's no creed, there's no gender, there's, there's just love. That's it. Love. And he sees a woman and he, he challenges her situation by asking her questions. 
And, and he, he asked her to go and get her husband. She's like, <laughs> I don't have. He says, you've had five. Like, there's people waiting for one. <laughs> there's people waiting for one. And she's had five. And the one you're living with right now is not even your husband. <coughs> you can look at that however you want. But he, he looks like he's going to be number six, isn't it? <laughs> and, and Jesus challenges her where she's at. Because there, there are roots to where people are. There's a story behind people's situations. There's a woman who's got the five husbands. Keep yours locked up. When she's coming out anyway. And he talks to her. And she looks within herself and sees who she is. And he speaks to her very inner self. And he says, I perceive you're telling the truth. This means only truth can come out when truth is speaking to you. That's what conviction is. See, guilt has you sitting there all messed up, but you're still trying to lie to yourself. Is anyone good guilty? Like, I'm eating this box of chocolates, and I'm like, well, I've already eaten half, I might as well eat the rest. And then I'm sitting there feeling guilty. And I'm like, well, you know. Like, but when you're convicted, you stop there. Or, or your truth is saying, well, I've eaten it, or this is really bad, but you know what? I'm going to put something in place. It challenge, there's a challenge. It calls out correctness. It calls out wholeness. It calls out transformation. And that's what he did. He called out who she really is supposed to be. She is a woman of influence. I know that because she's had five husbands. She's managed to tell the second one I'm still marriage material. And then she's managed to tell the third one I'm still. And then the fourth and the fifth. And then the one who's not her husband. So she's obviously an influential woman. See, sometimes our gifts are manifested but used incorrectly. She's already got a heart of an evangelist. She already has an influence of an evangelist. Now she just needs a truth. So what happens in the middle of this? She is touched. And he tells her. He tells her some stuff. He talks to her about worship. She, she says, but, but, but they're, they're, you, you guys worship there and, and someone a mountain. And, and he's like, well, forget all of that because it's all changing. In fact, it's changed. The time to worship me is now. The time to walk in your purpose and your destiny is now. The time to go out and declare who I am is now. What? I'm on a mountain? It's now. You're not on a mountain? It's now. I'm in a school? It's now. I'm in the playground? It's now. I'm on the football team, it's now. I'm in media, it's now. I'm in government, it's now. It's now. What does she do? She leaves her water pot. That's the reason she thought she was going to the well. But she says, it's so deep and you haven't even got a rope or anything to drop down. 
met someone who was deeper, calling out to the deepness inside of her. The deep calling the deep. And she leaves the water and she runs into her purpose and her destiny. And she becomes an evangelist and she says, come, come see a man who will tell you all things. It takes for him to touch one person, to touch a whole community. They already know her story. So now they're going to know she has changed. She is transformed. If she is saying, come see a man. And the thing she's saying about this man is wholeness. Her tongue has changed. What she declares has changed. And the Bible says that as, she, as they came, people were coming. She'd already started to draw people onto Jesus. She's already started. Her influence had already began to, to, to pull a people. And they came and they, they said, we brought you food. And he says, no, this is my food. To be in my purpose. This is my food. To be in the will of the Father. This is my life poured out and so what he has he gives to her that's why she's able to leave the water because he doesn't need natural food and now she doesn't need water does that make sense because now her will and her meat is to do the will of the father and change a nation so this morning when I woke and I said Lord Give me a word like I've never heard it before. I never heard it before either. <laughs> and when he said, not on this mountain and not there, he reminded me of Exodus 7 and 16. Go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go so that they can be free and worship me in the wilderness. Take them out of bondage and bring them to a place where their mind is back on me. In Romans 1.12, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It says that it be your reasonable service. And in the Amplified, it's your reasonable worship. Worship and service is one and the same thing. Your service is your life of worship. I don't mean singing all day. I mean that which you do gives glory and honor unto our King. We've got all of two minutes left. And what the Lord said to me this morning was that there, he reminded me, that the, when they were loose out of, out of Egypt, a journey that should have been 11 days, we know, took them how many years? 40 years. Wow. Imagine, that's nearly my whole life. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little bit older. That's a little bit older. But it's a journey. 11 days it should have taken them. 11 days. And they circled a mountain. But God said, you will take that mountain. You won't be circling it. You will take it. He said,
says, and he challenged me, he reminded me that there was a generation that passed over on the other side. It was the next generation. Please don't think you're too young or you're too old or you're too middle-aged. So I found out the other day that I wasn't young. I tried to do a cartwheel and it made me blow. <laughs> and there's nothing I could do. <laughs> but I will preach your gospel. <laughs> so I want to pray if we stand quickly. Because of time I can't pray for people individually. But if this, is, if this word resonates with your life. Not that you're the Samaritan woman, but that there's something in you. There's a deep calling on to deep. If that's you, there's, there, there's a place. And this is about we take those mountains. What, what, what we're taught right now is that there are seven mountains of influence. Arts and entertainment. Arts and entertainment. If that's you and you're there, take your place and be that voice. Be that voice that speaks what thus saith the Lord. Too many movies. Ah, oh, my, my daughter taught me something the other day. We're watching Marvel movies. I thought I better start getting into these Marvel movies because I don't understand some of the preaching going on. And so many are preaching on Marvel right now. And so I needed to understand it. And what she said, Mum, um, age rating 12, you're allowed to swear once. You're allowed to put up your finger once and you're allowed to say the word S as much times as you want. She started to tell me there's certain rules. I'm like, brr, the world's gone mad. But someone can be raised up. It took one woman. Someone can be raised up right out of this place in the arts and entertainment. Make a film that will change a nation, that will change a community, that will change a generation. Arts and entertainment. Let's take that mountain and worship. Then there's media. Ah, there was a time there was a watershed and you couldn't speak a thing. EastEnders was really different than it is now. EastEnders is like X-rated for me. And that comes on at 7 or 7.30 or something. Media. Media. Radio stations. Social media. Where people are getting their identity from what somebody else posts up there. With all kind of apps to change you and make you look like this and make you look that. Somebody out there, somebody in here, just the one can change the influence and the power. Can speak thus saith the Lord through their position in media. Let's take that mountain. There's education that they're pushing agendas under the guise of this and under the guise of that. Let's take that mountain. Let's take that mountain. There is a, the marketplace for entrepreneurship, the business people. There, there are people hoarding and hiding and this and that and that and this. But there are Josephs in here who have strategies and walk with integrity and righteousness. Let's take that mountain. There are people that are crying out in the families and the households. They know how to be a mother, a sister, a brother. They know how to be a Jonathan to a David and a David to a Jonathan. They know. Let's take that mountain. 
ministry in here that say I will stand for truth. I will not compromise. I will not bow. But to you alone, God, let's take that mountain and let's be evangelists in the way that God has called us to be. You don't have to go out there with a with a megaphone. He says that the harvest is white. White means it's ready. It's not about four months. In four months, somebody might die. It's ready now. That's what he's saying. The time is now. So we're going to just lift our hands and we're going to pray. Pray in your own way. Ask God to make you that person of influence that will change that area that you stand, that area that you make a difference. Father, I ask, oh God, that you would anoint, that you would appoint, that you, oh God, will raise up voices, that you would um, unlock creativity, that you would give new ideas and strategies in this place, that you would anoint those that have a heart for families and a home, that those who have a heart of compassion, those, oh God, yelebando, yabasa, who says my meat is to do the will of the Father. Stir up the dormant gifts. Stir up the gifts. Stir up the gifts. Stir up the heart. Renew the minds in the name of Jesus. Heal broken hearts. Heal broken hearts. Heal broken minds. Heal. Heal. Heal in this place. Heal physically. Heal mentally. Heal emotionally. Heal spiritually. Heal church hurts in the name of Jesus. Heal church wounds in the name of Jesus. Heal family wounds in the name of Jesus. Heal rejection and abandonment in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Loose, loose, yarabo satire that my people may worship me. Hey. I believe that the Spirit of God is touching, he's touching, he's touching lives right now. He's touching hearts right now. I believe someone's receiving a word. Someone is just being empowered. Somebody's mind is being renewed. Someone has just been re-energized. Somebody is just being transformed right now. Somebody has just had a light bulb moment. Somebody has had a light bulb moment. And they thought that they were just coming to church. And then realized, oh my gosh, you have called me. Seal every heart. Seal every prayer made in this place today. Seal every word received in this place today. Seal every encounter. May it not stop here. May there be testimonies. Let there be testimonies. May there be testimonies. Flow, river flow. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.